Have you been tracking along with our Sunday afternoon messages? We've been talking about the great awakening. The great awakening. I'm going to invite you to turn to uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And it's my prayer this afternoon that as we look at these scriptures, we will begin to realize what it's all about. What our faith in Jesus, what he calls us to, is all about. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to skip through a part of the passage, so just, just keep up. So starting in verse 1, it says, this is the Apostle Paul talking, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in another tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. To verse 12. So also, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. I'm going to repeat verse 12. So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. In verse 26, what then, brothers and sisters, whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, another tongue, or an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. Everything is to be done for building up. I think you can see the theme here is what? Building up. Building up. And we're going to see as we continue to look at other scriptures that Paul wants to encourage us and we can, you know, fast forward to the here and now into our present day reality that it hasn't changed this far removed from the church in Corinth. That we are called, our purpose is to excel in building each other up. You know, look, I get it. It's tough to always want to build each other up, especially when sometimes we can have a short fuse. Sometimes when you're setting up tech and you don't have time to walk everybody through all the steps in a short amount of time. There's seasons, there's times, there's difficulty in living up to that charge, if you will, that commission. But in life, like a stage... We all have a part to play, don't we? We have parts and roles, and the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to be active participants in building up. And so what was he saying? What were the things that he was encouraging us with and how we can build each other up? There are two things that are happening here in this passage to the church, to believers in Corinth. Now we're going to park there for a moment, and the reason why we're looking at this today is last week we were talking about the discipline of prayer, and that through prayer we can approach God, but we can also allow the soil of our heart to be tilled 
so that we can align ourselves with what God has for us. We can want what God wants. We can desire what he wants to pour out upon us. And we looked at Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says, will the Father not give the Holy Spirit to all who ask? And then we looked at, and looking at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we're all given this one drink, who is the Holy Spirit. And we're told and we're encouraged to not just seek one dimension of the Holy Spirit, to not to say, I prefer this activation or these activities of the Holy Spirit, but to expect and receive them all. And then in chapter 14 of Corinthians, Paul, this is about 25 years removed from the day of Pentecost, and he needs to bring some correction. Sometimes some correction is good is that people have been zealous for things of the Spirit, zealous, zealous for spiritual gifts, but they've lost focus. They've lost sense of purpose. For the, a lot of them, it became a badge on the sleeve. You know, I, I speak in tongues. I prophesy. There's times when I give words of wisdom and knowledge and healing. But Paul's remind the Corinth, and it speaks to us here today, is that these gifts are not only of the Holy Spirit, but they're not solely for us. They're meant for what? To build up. So this is the constant theme. Anything that God has given us, he's given us so that we can not only be built up personally, but be built up corporately. Look at the beginning of chapter 14. He says that when we speak in tongues... We're speaking not to people, but to God. And you might be saying, wait a second. On the day of Pentecost, there were people speaking other languages. They were testifying the marvelous acts of God. And yes, in fact, they were doing so. But there's two types of tongues. There's other languages. And then there's what we call the language of heaven. A prayer tongue. That when you speak in tongues, when you don't exactly know what to say, the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, intercedes with us, agrees with our spirit, and that we are speaking to God. At times in words that we do not fully comprehend. But thankfully God does. But then in this passage, Paul says, well, let's not, let's stop, let's not just stop there. Let's seek what builds up. And he goes on in chapter 14 and says, if someone speaks in tongues, which is good, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues, he says, but that you also should ask that you interpret what those tongues are. And so a few weeks ago, we had our worship night, our night of hope, and we were praising God and worshiping. And Dawn Prince, who's here this afternoon, she gave a message in tongues but then there was an interpretation of the tongues and that she prayed and asked God to give her interpretation of that tongue. And so there was order in the house. It wasn't left at, oh my goodness, someone just spoke in a language I do not understand, I cannot discern. But there was an interpretation so the whole group, all that were in attendance, were able to be edified, were able to be built up. And so this happened on the day of Pentecost this hap was happening in the Corinthian church, and Paul brings order because he goes on to say in chapter 14, and I'm trying to find my bearing here, where he says that God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. And so as we use these gifts, as we use this 
utterance, if you will, as the Holy Spirit guides us. We're doing it so that we build each other up. Let's go to verses 12 to 13. And I appreciate you guys are keenly listening this afternoon. You know, a few times usually you might get a few amens or this or that. And I'm not looking for any encouragement for myself. But you guys are keenly listening and that's wonderful. Verse 12. So also since you're zealous for spiritual gifts... See to excel in building up the church. Therefore, the person who speaks in other tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the spirit, and I also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the spirit, and I will also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the Spirit, how will the outsiders say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you're saying? You know, I can relate to this sometimes as we're worshiping and praising God. I know no one usually is standing or sitting up here with me, but in other places of worship, in other churches, I'd be there and I may be speaking in tongues. But if they didn't quite hear me give interpretation or someone next to me give interpretation, you could understand they're thinking like, you're out of your mind, Andrew. What in the blazes were you saying during worship? And I just can't help but relate to what Paul is doing here with the Corinthian church. He's bringing, he's bringing some order. He's bringing peace to the situation so that everyone, not just one, but everyone can be built up. So let's go to chapter 12 of Corinthians for a moment. And I love how the author, those who um, translated the early manuscripts into today's common language, they've entitled this Unity Yet Diversity in the Body. And he's talking about spiritual gifts. This is what he says in verse 12 of chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. I don't know if you've looked around or if you looked in the mirror this morning. Did you notice any body parts missing? Did you wake up and say, well, this is great. I'm seeing okay, but my gosh, what happened to my ears? Here, Paul is emphasizing that in the body of Christ, all parts matter. We can't say to one member of our body, I don't need you. But they all Matter. And so in the body of Christ, he's talking about this unity that we receive by the drink from the Holy Spirit, by receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I love what, when you look at this passage, Paul is not addressing one lone church. It's not like the Corinthians are, you know, a one and done type of assembly. But this is an encouragement for all assemblies, even for us here today. Have you ever been in a place and you have a gifting 
Maybe you have a talent or ability that God has blessed you with, but it is, have you ever experienced where someone says, you know, you know, no thanks, we don't need you today? Have you ever experienced that? That doesn't happen in the church, right? <laughs> I like the laughter, that's good. Of course it happens. There's some places in time, I'm not gonna name any places, but there was a time in the story of my life where my background, my experience of being what you call an evangelical Pentecostal, and all that means is I believe in the full counsel of God's word from beginning to end of scripture, and I believe in the outpouring of the spirit to empower you to live a godly life and to witness for Jesus. And yet in some of those spheres, this aspect of the giftings of the Holy Spirit at times was not a welcomed accessory, if you will, or part of the body of Christ. And I get it, at times I felt like an outsider. I felt like a lone ranger. I even caught myself saying, well, God, am I, am I out of left field here? Am I, am I wrong in this? You know, have your, have your gifts ceased? Do you no longer want to empower your church? I mean, you're the perfect one. You haven't returned yet. And your word says, until the perfect one returns, who is the spotless lamb, Jesus Christ, until he returns, these gifts are to be in activation and used by all. And so I can totally resonate with what Paul is saying here, that all members of the body are valued, important, and needed. And I want to encourage you this afternoon that you matter. The gifting that God has put inside of each of you matters. You are of tremendous value, not just to this physical body, this physical house, hope for today, but most importantly, the universal church, the body of Christ. Think about it. If we didn't have, let's say, the gift of healing, when someone's ill, when you're going through circumstance, I'm sure in that moment you would love for someone to come pray for you and declare and believe for healing. Would you not? Or if you're going through a situation and maybe you're facing financial difficulties or you don't quite know which path to take when it comes to career choice or maybe who to have as a spouse, well, you're looking to someone that has a gift of wisdom that can come alongside of you and give you the discernment of knowledge and wisdom. All these gifts are valuable and important. I love how Paul, in, in chapter 12, he keeps on saying, but this is exactly how God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? So the first point is that all the parts of the body matter. All giftings matter, but we're not all meant to have the same giftings. He goes on in saying, you know, if, if we were all eyes, what benefit would that be? So let's go down to 23. Sorry, sorry, verse 20. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. Say indispensable. Indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with great honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect which our respectable parts do not need. 
Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. They would have the same concern for each other. You can see here, Paul, fire for effect, if you will, is making us understand that we need each other. We need each other. We all have an important part to play. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Peter's the one who spoke on the day of Pentecost when all this people thought craziness was happening. People are speaking other languages. And he speaks up and dresses the crowd. And he says, people, they're not drunk as you surmise, but they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So the same Peter later on says in 1 Peter 5, 5, in the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you, here's the key, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. When we talk about humility, you've probably heard someone say humility is not, not ever, you know, forgetting yourself, but it's rather thinking of yourself less often. So you, you're not putting yourself, you're not neglecting yourself, but you're thinking of yourself less often. But here Peter's emphasizing that God will definitely resist prideful people. And the reason why I want to share that verse this afternoon is sometimes we don't experience this fullness of the faucet, if you will, the outpouring of the Spirit, because we become prideful. Sometimes we say like, oh yeah, this gift belongs to me, as I said earlier. We have that notch on the belt, so to speak. But when we resist that tendency, human tendency, to exalt ourselves, that God will lift us up. And will he not pour out his spirit even more? Let's go to verse uh, 26. Sorry, starting 25. So that there would be no division in the body, but the members would have the same concern for each other. So that if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice in it. And so point three is our benefit that everyone has a role to play because in championing one another, we grow. In championing one another, we grow. Paul is showing here the importance of this mutual dependence. Mutual dependence. Yesterday, my wife and I were outside and we were gardening. And men, we can garden, right? Any gardeners in here? Men? Come on, Jim in the back. I The hand, man, your hand went really slow. It was like, woo. So I'm out in the back and I'm out front. And I said to my wife, I said, honey, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we blew out that part of our front lawn and just put a big massive flower bed there? And she's like, really? That would be great or awesome. I can't remember exactly what she said because I was kind of taken back that she would say, yeah, go for it, honey. So yesterday we got the wheelbarrow and we, we started hauling up this heavy sod. It had deep, deep roots. You know, I'm, I'm giving it all I got. I'm putting all this energy and I'm thinking, man, I got this. I could probably, Gary, I could probably, you know, carve this grass out in probably 20 minutes. I think it took me about two hours actually when everything was all said and done. It was a good maybe 10 by 10, um, you know, uh, area, square footage wise. 
And as I'm working, you know, I have this afternoon's message in the back of my mind. I'm praying and thinking, don't you love the fact that you can be practical and doing things while you're also pondering the things of God? And so while I'm cultivating and working here in this, in this garden, I'm realizing that if I only had my hand and not my eyes, I wouldn't be able to see and understand exactly how this garden was going to come to fruition. And then, of course, to lift this sod, this heavy sod, I need the combination of some, my powerful glutes and the hamstrings working together with my lower back. But if I only had the lower back and no arms, well, the grass would just stay where it is. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I'd be like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but no arms. I'm like, ah. Nothing would happen. Nothing would get done. I kept thinking, man, this is important. Every member of my body, just like with you, has a role to play. And we need to champion each other and we need to be mutually dependent on one another. And that's why Paul is encouraging the Corinthians, don't put others to shame, but show great respect for one another. We may think some things are minimal. It may be unimportant, maybe because they don't get the limelight. But I tell you what, they matter because they matter to God. And if all people matter to God, also those people should matter to us as well. And so verse 24, we see here how these, these parts, this binding of the body together, God has done this. He's brought this beautiful picture of the body of Christ for us to understand that everything that he's given us, everything that he's lavished upon us is so that we can build each other up. We can build each other up. It's kind of like when you hurt your back. I'm kind of laughing because my doctor's here. And you, you put on the Dr. Ho. I don't know if anyone had a Dr. Ho, one of those electrode machine things or whatever. And you just crank that thing up just to bring some relief to your body, right? And I, I don't know if this is a helpful illustration, but I just saw how important that tool that tool is something that I usually take for granted until I turn it on and I activate it and let it do its thing. And I say that to say that sometimes we want to try and do it all. We try and want to have all the gifts to ourselves. But if we're willing to step out of the picture just a little bit and allow other people to flourish and for them to take root, we're going to see, my goodness, their gifting is so wonderful, so special, they're going to do the job just right. Here this afternoon, we have DW and, and Jess who are singing today. They are a far better singer than I ever will be. But when you step out of the way and you let other people come and minister, they minister to you. And so hopefully that can be a practical application as we go today and invite the worship team to come that we all matter. We all have parts to play. And this message was intended to be brief for fire for effect, that you matter, that the giftings that God has put inside of you, whatever those giftings may be, so that you can build others up, you can encourage them. And if you're here today and you're wondering, well, what are my giftings? What are those things that the Holy Spirit is pouring out into my life? I invite you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the whole chapter, not just bits and pieces. The thing I'm going to leave you with is right at the beginning of chapter 12, it says that no one can confess Christ except by the Holy Spirit. And by the same Holy Spirit who activates different ministries, giftings, and activities, all of it is binded together in God, who gives us the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to produce 
what is beneficial. And what is beneficial is to build each other up. So as you leave here today after a time of worship, tell yourself, I'm a builder. I'm a builder. But I'm not a lone ranger. I need others. I need to surround myself with other members of the body of Christ so that we can be effective, not just in our personal relationship with Jesus, but with one another and our witness to the world. And so I hope that's helpful this afternoon. I'm going to offer a word of prayer and then have the worship team uh, begin to sing. Heavenly Father, thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. It's not by accident that we are here today. Each person that is here today, Lord, you knew that they would be in attendance. Father, we thank you that you've poured out your spirit on all of us because we believe in your son, Jesus. And because we believe you promised that you would continue to pour out your spirit, to fill us with your spirit, to empower us to be your witnesses to all the world. Lord, help us to cultivate those things that we do well, the strengths, the giftings that you've given us. And also help us to encourage one another to see the, the value of one another, the different parts of the body, Lord, that you have here on purpose. The movers, the shakers, the, the different giftings and abilities and talents. Heavenly Father, thank you that you guide us, you lead us as we come to a time of worship. Thank you that you continue to soften our heart, to be receptive to what you want to say and do in our lives. And so as we come to this time of worship, church, as we close this part in prayer, Heavenly Father, by your Spirit, invade our heart. Even retool our mind to align ourselves with what you want to do in and through our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.